You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. Wepa! What up, me? This is your boy, Al Mega. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders Podcast. And today, we have an amazing guest. I mean, homie got uber skills. Before we get introduced to homie, let me introduce you to my co-pilot for Comic Crusaders that is kicking ass everywhere. I mean, involved in that Blow World Curry Indiegogo. All right, go check out it. Blow World, we're dope. All right, he's all over Simic Crusaders, sloppy spoilers. He'd be really moving to me, the one, the only Mr. Jeff Bracey. What's popping, kiddo? How you doing? Good, it's good. Always good to be here, man. Like you are the uh, the hardest working man in show business, <laughs> and I'm yeah, just riding man. your coattails. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, I do what I do, man, because we got a blessing. Celebrate amazing people like yourself, and even like the guest that we have today. Because this guest, folks, yo, he is Tony nominated. He is Marvel collaborating. He is a composer, a sound designer. He is kicking ass and not even taking names. He is smashing it in the business. The one, the only, Mr. Lindsey Jones. Hey, what's, what's up, up everybody? Good to see you guys. <laughs> Excellent. What's popping, brother? Thank you for coming on and hanging out with us today to talk a bit about your journey and, and this celebration. I mean, folks, you saw that background. I mean, you, if you have not been hearing this podcast, you've been missing out. If you're not, mm. if you're a mar- you ain't a more fan if you've been listening to this. I mean, ho- 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 homies' designs in the background keep you in it. I mean, I mean, kudos, of course, to people that act in it. But I mean, you know what I mean? You know what it is that really keeps you in it. Like, you know, but otherwise, it's just people blabbing. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, totally. Thank I, you for having I, me. No, no. That's pleasure. Coming, so so let, let's, di- let's dive in, Lindsay. Let's do it. All right. So where are you from originally? Originally, I am from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I grew up in North Carolina. Yeah. And, another Carolina uh, boy. Another Carolina. Are you from there? I, I'm from South Carolina, but I've got family in North Carolina. So Very nice. Yeah. So I'm originally from Winston-Salem. And um, I read comic books as a kid. My father had a comic book collection from when he was a kid. And oh, so he nice. passed it on to me. So like, is he the one that inspired you into this? Yeah, I mean, definitely. You know, he really brought about that interest in in comics for me. And um, he let you, know, you touch his books. He did. <laughs> he, you know what? He, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. He his books were in pretty bad shape by the time okay. I got them. Like, yeah, I remember he, those are the days before bags and boards. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's right. Um, he had them and they just were beat up, but he was like, here you go. You can have them if you want. And I remember reading like early episodes of Spider-Man and the Avengers and Captain, uh, Captain America. And, uh, oh man, I was just totally absorbed in it. I read them all day, every day for years. Mm. Did you have a tribe growing up then? Or were you a a solo wolf in in your geekdom, if you will? I definitely was a solo wolf. There was not a tribe for me. And, uh, but that is okay, oh, you know. Ultimately, being a solo wolf has has made me become uh, independent and just sort of like a person who seeks out their own thing. So, like, you know, if you don't have a tribe out there, you can still make it happen. Oh, uh, absolutely. You don't need no tribe, folks. It's the truth. <laughs> All right. 
Facts. You'll, you'll find your so, tribe eventually. You'll find them. Eventually, yeah, so, talking about that, then. All right. So you're growing up out, out, out there in the Carolinas. I mean, yeah. you know, what, what was early inspirations in life? You know, what, what was it you were doing with your young self, if you will? You know, trying to it, it was getting involved in this whole world in actual intention, or or, some, or was it just a happy accident? So it's a little bit of both. So, you know, I started off, uh, I was, I've been obsessed with music from the time I was an early, I was a young kid, you know, and oh, my father. What was your jam? What was your first one then? The, the one that, that, that you popped your chair and you said, I love this. Okay. The very uh -oh. first record I ever owned was The Mashed Potatoes by James Brown. Do the mashed potatoes. <laughs> I had a 45 of that. Of a 45, son. I had no a 45 way. of due to the mashed potatoes and I would sit there and like the first time I heard James Brown, it was like someone from another universe was speaking to me. You know what I mean? Like, a, like, like an alien voice was just calling to me. The watcher and was talking to you. For the, for the kids yes. out there who don't know, a 45 is a little piece of vinyl as opposed to a big <laughs> Oh, yeah, right. Okay, so like, yeah, the old days, right, the, you had vinyl, which vinyl's popular now. I think yeah. people know it. But 45 back. was like the smaller one with the big yeah, hole man. in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> the adapter, right? <laughs> After, put it on there, make it work. So, yeah, man, I would listen. I had a little tiny record player, little kid's record player. and I Did would you have a Fisher-Price record player? Yeah. I That's did. what I had. Oh. Holy crap. Yes. Yes. The Carolina Fisher Price Boys. There we go. <laughs> I, love so I love that. Yeah, man. So, you know, just hearing James Brown's voice was enough to like mm. just inspire oh. me for life. And so I've been obsessed with music on and on. And, and later on in life, I sort of started to move into acting and to become a performer. And but I never lost my um how did that even happen? Well, you know, I just was like, I was really interested in theater and really interested in acting. And like, I started to try and do it and, you know, just try and work at like community theaters, small theaters in my town. But um, I found when I was an actor that music always really still affected me. Like if I was in a performance and there would be music underneath me, I'd be like, oh man, I feel so energized or I feel so connected that way. That's the and move, so... Man. Yeah, as as I I went to the North Carolina School of the Arts and I got a degree in acting, and then after that, I moved to Chicago. I was playing in a in a rock band at that time, and a friend of mine said to me, "Hey, you know, we need some rock music for this show we're doing. Would you be willing to write this rock music for us?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, I can do that." And they're like, "Oh, also, can you do the sound design too?" And I was like, "I had no idea what that was." But I was like, yeah. "Okay, yeah, sure, no problem." <laughs> so I sort of like said yes and put it together, and that show show wound up being a really big success. It ran for about nine months in Chicago, which is a long time. Shut you up, yeah. So then I had all sorts of people calling me saying, "Hey, can you uh, can you write music and create sound design for our show?" And I thought, well. I'll just do this until the jobs dry up yeah. and then I'll go back to acting. <laughs> and that was 28 years ago. I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> the well has never dried up, apparently. Oh, man. Go just ahead, Jeff, out. man. I, I, I've been hogging up Lindsay, man. Because, I mean, just check this out, man. He's talking about his well. Look at these wells. Go ahead, Bracey. Give it a floor. <laughs> I tell you, that's uh, that's pretty remarkable. I like you. You go for one thing and then you end up finding a niche that you weren't expecting. Totally. And uh, well, you know, since you're in a rock band, uh, part of my research didn't actually discover that. What was your instrument? What was your deal? 
So I play bass in a band nice. called the Nubile Things, which, by the way, our my band is still around. If you can believe it, my band just celebrated 30 years of playing together. Whoa! Yeah, really fantastic. You're still yeah, rocking still out there. and killing the mosh pits, then. Still doing it. Yeah, we just we just played over the Christmas holiday. We played in Chicago at the Beat Kitchen, and we'll hopefully have another gig sometime soon. Now, do you just write the music, or do you write the songs as well? Do you write the vocals, the lyrics? I I write the lyrics and the and the vocals mostly for the band. There, uh, other guys in the band sort of help put it all together. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a group effort. But but yeah, I'm sort of the lead songwriter. Nice, nice. Yeah. Now, since uh, everybody knows what a score is or a soundtrack in music, obviously, but since you went ahead and mentioned it for those who are uh, out there, what exactly is sound design? Okay, so for it's different for each genre and i should say that i work i'm lucky enough to work in theater film and tv and podcasts and and audio dramas like marvel wastelanders which is um the background that we're talking about today so and yeah. in, in sound design for each one of those things is slightly different so i'll try and i'll try and tell you about what each of those jobs are just really briefly so you have a basic idea in theater, basically, sound design is everything you hear in the theater. I'm responsible for hearing that, for you hearing that. So I create the sound effects, soundscapes. I create music for the show. Um, I specify what the sound system is in the theater, where the speakers are located. I program all of the cues into a playback computer so that it can be played and sound the same way every night. Um, and I work with the actors and the stage manager and the director to sort of make sure that the sound is really supporting the story. In film and television, sound design is kind of anything where sound is heard in a in a movie or a TV show. Uh, a lot of that is created on the spot. So like if you see a, a film of a guy walking down the street, right? And it sounds like, you know, you hear the sound of his footsteps. There is a 98% chance that that... That guy's footsteps that you see on the screen is not the sound you hear. It is about putting in those sounds later to match his footsteps. Yeah, this is called uh, Foley. That's right. Foley is part of that sound design. And what you're trying to do is get the best sounding equivalent for what you see on the screen so that it sounds really natural. Because Mm -hmm. a lot of times when you film stuff in real life, there's sound all over the place. There's like jets flying by or leaf blowers or whatever you know, messing up the sound of it. So you want to try and make it as quiet as possible so that you can then add all of these effects in. How did you even get into all this? Were you just making random noises at the house one day when they told you to do this? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's kind of, it is like that. You know, I, you get into a habit of like sitting in different places and just thinking like, okay, what do I hear when I'm in places, right? Like if Mm -hmm. I go out places, where do what what do I hear in those places? And then when people are like, we've got to have the sound of like a shopping mall, right? Then you're like, okay, what are the different elements of things? I hear music, I hear people talking, I hear people walking, you know, there may be something going on in the background and you want to, you have to think about each one of those things and then how to fill it in so that when you watch it in a film, it feels as realistic as if you were there. And so that's I mean, kind of the goal. Here's a, here's then, a crazy, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, go Here's ahead. a crazy bit of trivia, uh, just so you know, for people who do uh, sound design and sound effects. The uh, One of the sound designers on the Star Wars Return of the Jedi, 
he was in a hotel room with a very noisy air conditioner and he thought that sounded cool and he recorded that and that ended up being the reactor in the middle of the death star later on oh, really? processing it was an That's... air conditioner in a hotel yeah and it was keeping him awake so he decided screw it i'll just record it uh, <laughs> yeah and the the laser guns for star wars was oh that's they, a classic they they got to these power lines these sort of metal wires that are stretched over time mm. and they would hit it with like a metal stick and the sound that it made that sort of pow, that sound they recorded that and that became the the laser gun sound for, uh, for star wars so if you see stormtroopers shooting at star wars that's somebody hitting on a telephone line, basically. I actually oh, hit some of those lines in my neighborhood after watching that behind office. the scenes, and I had yeah. no idea if that was dangerous or not. But for a while, <laughs> let me make the laser sound. Yeah. <laughs> be, be careful out there. Don't try that at home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, please, we're not uh, trying to promote execution here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, like, the sound design for audio drama and podcasts, which is the sort of thing I'm talking, which, I mean, uh, doing in we marble wastelanders yeah. yeah so in that there is no video there's no visual at all so in that one you have to really be super detailed in the sound design mm -hmm. because literally everything you hear is the only way you process the story um so you're trying to make uh things sound as full and as detailed as possible but you have the most creativity because you're able to use music and sound to tell a story uh -huh. and so you want to engage the audience's imagination so that they actually sort of visualize it happening even if they can't actually see it i gotta ask that before you go over here i gotta ask though how did you feel as a comic book nerd do you yeah. present that with an opportunity to oh do God. a marvel podcast i was so excited you guys. <laughs> I have I can't even tell you that like they told me it was gonna happen and I was like jumping up and down. I could see you kidding now. Even still, you still giddy. You're like, oh man. It was so amazing. I was so excited about it. They were like, you're gonna write uh, you know, themes for Marvel heroes. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is something I've always wanted to do. So I was That's thrilled. right, because you get to write all these individual themes for each character. It's true. And not only that, the way Marvel Pi Marvel Wastelanders is set up, it's kind of so the show is set in a futuristic world where um, the Earth has sort of been destroyed for the most part. And now the people that we think of as villains like Dr. Doom, um, he's now basically in charge of the world and everybody thinks he's amazing. And all of the heroes are actually sort of hunted villains. There are people who are they're like. They're, you know, they're considered bad guys to the world at large. They're being hunted by these people. And so I'm kind of trying to score that sort of futuristic world of these heroes mm. sort of being bad guys at the time. But at the same time, there are all of these sort of like fantasy sequences where we go back to what their glory days when they were these amazing superheroes. And then... I have to write music that feels like, you know, that feels like current Marvel music that feels like big and orchestral and really uh, symphonic and like gets you super excited right. um, for to see them. So uh, I feel like it's the best of both worlds that I get to write this weird sort of glitchy music on one hand, but also the classic Marvel superhero themes on the other. And isn't that cool, folks? It's available right now on Apple Podcasts. Check it out right there. There it is. I mean, the episodes is out. The, yeah, I mean, customer reviews, they're loving it. 
Loving it. Excellent. That is so great. Now, you've got, Isn't it? You've got all this script to work with and all that, but did you actually, uh, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but it looks like it's very much inspired by the old man Logan setting. So did, were you familiar with that particular story? Did you get a chance to read that and sort of get into the mindset? Yeah, I think that's kind of where Wastelanders comes from because mm -hmm. the the way the series is structured, right? There are four podcast series that happened in Marvel's Wastelanders before the one I did. So mm -hmm. there's a Logan one, there's a Hawkeye one, a Black Widow one, and a Doctor Doom one, and uh, and Star Lord. That's the other one. And then in the Marvel Wastelanders series that I did. It's like all of them come together as a team to fight this other common enemy. So this is like the big, like final battle for all of those Ooh. series to come together. So this is like the big grand finale of the Wastelander series. What inspired you? What were you looking for in inspiration on this thing? Because I mean, this is a final battle type of joint. You mm. must have been like amped up. Like, oh my God, this is like, yo, a super. <laughs> super, super amped up, man. And it's like, you know, when you're having to do these massive battles that are really like the the battle between good and evil, you really want to create music that feels epic, that feels intense, so that hopefully you're feeling how important the battle is, but you're also feeling like the energy of everyone who's involved in the battle and how sort of like intense the battle is that's that's the trick of the music is being able to give background to what's happening but also be able to give a window into how the emotions of the people who are in that moment feel and that's you're trying to make those you feel the same way as those people that's the trick to it i'll tell you it's a uh, you know it, it's so it's so amazing to think about like when we have these iconic pieces of mu music when we think about the the theme from superman or the hammer of crom from yeah. conan like this music just continues to live with you uh you know the star trek music and now it's fallen on you to create something that is epic that you know i, I don't know if you have an aspiration of that but like just think like this might live on well past me and people remember it and they bought the album of it and they just listen to it again and again to have something that's just you know it just it just lives with you like that and it just impacts people that way yeah i mean i gotta be honest with you it's a lot of pressure i mean because mm -hmm. you know like john williams score for star wars and indiana jones and jaws like things that are those iconic scores like i could sing five notes of any one of those scores and you'd know what it was right away right because they're so like they're ingrained in everything we think about in movies today. So like, yeah, you really want to like try to live up to that sort of like standard that's been set by these amazing composers, including all of those Marvel films. Cause I love the scores for those mm -hmm. films and you want it to feel like what you're the kind of music you're writing could live alongside of that music. And people could say, yeah, that sounds like, that sounds like it could be in a Marvel film. Um, but at the same time, like you have to only think about that every so often or otherwise you will totally freak yourself out and you won't be able to write anything. <laughs> so makes like, perfect sense. I try to like just stay as much in touch with, okay, who, who are these characters? What are they going through? What's the music that relates to them and not get too much in the headspace of like, okay, this has to be the most amazing music of our all time or I'm a failure. 
you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a tricky line to cross. Now, what I love about this is you're not just a composer, but you're also a sound designer. So you don't just create a soundtrack, but you also create a soundscape. And when we think of things like this, which are audio dramas, uh, which I absolutely love, uh, you know, we know how music can affect the audience. Like when you hear that bum bum from Jaws, like it's yeah, the most it important just, thing for me. Yeah, it, it clicks something primal because music can cue the audience into what to expect or what to feel. And so now you're putting all this together as well as like uh, character themes. Like talk about that a little bit, if you would. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, one of the most challenging things of doing Marvel Wastelanders is that because it is an audio only story, mm -hmm. um, you have to be really specific about, you know, the choices you make so that you can really send the correct message and cue the audience at the right times for the things you're doing. I was super lucky to work with this sound design team. I just did the music for Wastelanders and um, I work with the sound design team called 1000 Birds, who are this great collective of sound designers. And we had a lot of conversations throughout the process of like, when we get to certain parts, it'd be like, okay, I'm thinking I'm going to do this. What are you guys going to do here? You know what I mean? Like, how's, what are you thinking in terms of like, let's make our music and sound fit together so that we're really presenting a full package. So it was a real... It's a real interesting collaboration um, to sort of figure out how that worked. And one of the biggest uh, challenges is that um, there are places where Doom sort of flexes his powers mm. or Valeria Richards, who is the daughter of Reed Richards. She's sort of like a main villain in this uh, piece. And mm. she has these incredible powers. Like when somebody can do these incredible mental telepathy sort of things with their mind to control physical space, you know, what does that sound like? Right. And how do you represent that? Uh, yeah. How do you do that? So how do you uh, do that? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, what the hell did you do again? For me to know like, okay, this lady is like a bodily stressed on with her brain. Yeah. We get into? It's really fascinating. And I mean, I think the way we wound up, we never really said this to each other between me and 1000 birds, but, um, but basically sort of like my music would be like the, the represent the power of it. You know what I mean? The sort of mental force. And then they were really good at illustrating how that mental force would affect physical objects. You know what I mean? Like smashing and glittering and stuff like that, that so that it would, we sort of worked that way in a way so that, I'm like creating the sort of power and they're creating the force, if that makes sense. No, no, I get that. Being a, being a student of film and therefore other media like that, I love the collaborative process, how like one department feeds into another, feeds into another, you know, it's yeah. just really astounding hearing how this all goes. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, I, I have to say probably the collaborative process is my favorite of all of these things. You know, like when you... When I play in a rock band, basically I'm writing music that is just for me and just for mm -hmm. the band. And then ultimately, whatever we've come up with, that's it. But when you're writing music for a project like Wastelanders or film or theater, you're really having to not only be like, okay, is this a good piece of music? But also like, does this piece of music really affect the, the media in the way that we want? Is it... Is it generating the right emotions? Is it making, is it supporting the character's performances rather than overshadowing it? 
So you're really having to like gauge a lot of things of like how your piece of the puzzle sort of fits into the larger project. It's a really interesting, um, it's a, it's a fascinating project to have. Yeah. It's weird. It's, it sounds like you're almost like, uh, uh, I've, I've done some work as an art director. So like you're a sound director, you're a, you're like the showrunner for all this audio coming together and trying That's to exactly like keep right. everything right where you want it. Yeah, totally. That's actually true. Yeah. It's really fun, but it's, and I mean, I, I love the job, you know, because it's mm -hmm. never not interesting. There's always something you have to be like on your toes about all the time. So I feel like I'm always learning when I do it. I mean, I imagine so like, he's going to be the Jack Kirby of sound design over here. <laughs> I would love that, man. <laughs> have that sort of moniker heck yeah i mean because like when i look at all the things that you've been into uh from you know producing your own music to to theater to tv yeah. to audio dramas to i mean to tony music. nominated my gosh i mean, I mean you are you are all over the place you have traveled all over the world doing work i imagine that you are never bored but do no. you have a do you have a favorite thing you do out of out of all of that? Is there anything that really just like, you know, I have, this appeals to me a little bit more than everything else in some way? You know, I mean, theater is kind of like where I started. So for mm -hmm. me, that feels like my home to a certain mm -hmm. degree. But, you know, uh, I, I love it all. I really do. And I love the different challenges of it. Um, and I, the things that are different about each of these mediums are what keep it interesting for me. You know, like right now I'm, I'm writing music for a film, I'm writing music for a play and I'm writing music for a podcast, you know? And so like oh, wow. each, I'm like trying to keep all of those projects straight, but each one of them ha operates just slightly differently in my brain. And that keeps me interested and excited. So I'm happy to do any of it. Since you mentioned that, let's let's talk about that for a second because I find yeah. this evolution really interesting. Uh, theater to movies or TV, yeah. very natural progression. But podcast, I would not have thought of like a, a sound director, if you will, getting involved in podcasts. But this has really become uh, a prevalent source of uh, entertainment media these days. I mean, to it's be like totally old time radio, you mean. Yeah, yeah, it AC, really is. They, they brought back radio dramas, which I love, you know, yeah. like The Edge of Nightfall with E.G. Marshall and stuff like that. <laughs> it's so true. I, I have to say, you know, probably before the pandemic, I had done maybe one podcast. And then suddenly when the pandemic hit, live theater closed up and basically films were working at a much lower level. Mm -hmm. Um and so suddenly everyone was like, let's do podcasts. And I was like, okay, cool. And I didn't really know, I had never really done them. So I was just like, I'm just going to jump in and figure this out. And jump now, <laughs> yeah. that's, really, that's pretty much the Hollywood way. You just say yes and figure it out once you yeah. get the job. That's exactly it. That's yeah, life, I mean, not just Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's my entire career. As God is my witness, that is what I've done. <laughs> Can you do it? Absolutely. Google. Let's go. <laughs> We'll figure it out when we get there. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I've done, I, I really have gotten into podcasts full full force since 2020. And um, now podcasts are a big part of my life in a way mm. that they weren't before the pandemic. But I'm, I'm loving it. I really do. I think the stories are cool. There's a tremendous amount of creativity. That, and, and you, you know, you're using audio to tell a story. Like yeah. at the end of the day, if I don't put it in there, 
it's not in there. <laughs> so you have to really like, you got to really be on your game to make it work, but that's what makes it exciting for me. It's it's so exciting to see this art form be brought back, you know, from the days of like, you know, Red Rider, the Shadow and all these wonderful things. Totally. I, I just kind of love how entertainment just kind of cycles back around eventually. Yeah, I, I love it. I mean, I the funny thing is I used to do radio dramas because in theater, what we used to do is we would do radio dramas where you would have a live group of people on the stage and there would be a live Foley person there. Oh, like a... Like, Prayer Home Companion. Oh, yeah, like that Harrison kind of Healer. thing. Yeah. We used to do that kind of thing occasionally, and I would do Foley for that. And I love that stuff. And I, I I thought, you know, I thought that was the only way we were ever going to go back to those radio dramas mm -hmm. ever. But now here we are in 2023, and, like, <laughs> I'm producing music for a Marvel, you know, audio drama that's, like, <laughs> as epic as any movie you're going to watch. And it's like, it's so cool to see this art form not only return, but they're really sort of like improving on it. And it's mm -hmm. like, it's in a whole new level now. It's really, yeah. really cool. Definitely. Now, where's the rechargeable Model T? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> For people who haven't seen it yet, as, as part of my research, I did, uh, I did watch some snippets of this or listen to it. And yeah. like, it sounds amazing. I mean, you have Excellent. a great cast. And of course, uh, the music and all the sound that's uh, uh, adding to all of this is just fantastic. So well done, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm, I like I said, I'm just a small part of it with the music. Um, and there's an amazing. Small. Don't <laughs> ever discredit yourself like that. Thank Mr. you. I appreciate Don't. it. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm part of the team, but I have to say the team of this did an, an incredible job. I'm really, really proud of how it, it turned out. It takes a village, absolutely. Yeah. But don't yeah, you yeah. ever discredit yourself, because for me, you know, music, you know, is everything. Thank uh, you. You know, in life, so it, of course it does carry the vibe and the energy of a film. So, you know, you're responsible for that soul moving. Yeah, get the shit out of us because all of a sudden when your music ain't playing, we know saying something something's popping off. All of a sudden the music yeah. stopped. No, yeah, it's That's like right. when you're in the woods and everything gets quiet. Everybody gets nervous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, there is there is a moment like that actually in the in uh, Marvel Wastelanders at the end of episode two. There's my probably my favorite piece of music in the series. Is there a moment where these two sort of like collectors and they're out in the middle of this sort of desolate valley? and they're just looking around for stuff they're trying to figure out um they're looking for like metal or something like that and then all of a sudden out of the out of the darkness appears the thing and he's coming straight towards them to attack them <laughs> and like that is absolutely my favorite moment is like <laughs> just the thing coming in front of him and him saying it's clobbering time as the music sort of increases right as he's getting towards them oh. um I love that stuff, man. That's so what favorite. music, what music did you think of when you thought of the thing? The thing is like huge Instantly. drums and mm. uh horns. Okay. Yeah, it, it feels like uh it feels like a freight train <laughs> coming toward you, basically. Oh, is what it feels okay. Like. Oh yeah, it's awesome. It's really, really that, fun. What I that. what I like is I really uh I, I'm a sucker for a good villain theme. Yeah, and so I like Doctor Doom's music quite a bit. Yeah. you know, it's like like trying to figure out your own sort of Darth Vader sort of theme going on there. Totally, but it's my understanding that you have a favorite, and Star Lord seems to be your guy, and you have to kind of balance the the drama and the funny with a character like that. Oh my God, I love Star Lord in this. He's he's played by Timothy Busfield. He's hilarious, <laughs> and 
you know, he's kind of like, whereas everybody else is fairly serious, you know, like nobody's ever going to accuse Wolverine of being a real laugh riot. (laughs) Um, But like um, Star-Lord is like totally cracking jokes the whole time. And, you know, just kind of going off into misadventures and everyone's trying to keep him from getting killed, basically. Um, And so like, it's really fun to like, score that kind of energy the kind of energy you're like i don't really care i'm just going to do whatever i want it's going to be fine who cares um and also the other cool thing about star lord is he's still djing through this whole thing so he like (laughs) he like goes to parties and djs stuff and like is constantly getting in fights with people at the parties while he's djing are you um, a DJ, Mr. Jones, too? As well? I used to be a long time hey, ago. Yeah. Of course, he, he, look, did. he look. I mean, look at him. He looks like a DJ. Really. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trying to stereotype you. I'm just saying, you know. I appreciate that. People that vibe you. You have that DJ look. That music dude look. You know what I mean? I, I used to do it for a living. Yeah, a long time ago. But yeah, I gave that up a while yeah. back. So I mean, what's for a living? Like radio or mobile? Or both. Uh, I I did I started in radio. I was when I basically when I was 14, I sort of lied my way into my first job. I worked for yeah. Who did it? I did. <laughs> I told them I was 16 and and they and they believed me. And so I worked It was so, the beard, bro. It was the beard. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have it then. I um I worked for WSEZ in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and my job was to work on Sunday mornings from 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. I would play like there used to be in the 80s, like they'd have like these Christian rock programs that they would put on. Mm-hmm. So you'd okay. like there'd be like they'd play music and then they'd be like, yeah, you know, Jesus is like rock music or whatever that is. And so I no one <laughs> wanted that job. So I would used to do that. And so the thing is, is that the records that they would supply for those Christian rock shows were usually three and a half hours. And then, but I had a four hour shift. So I would play those records for three and a half hours. And then for the last half hour, I got to play whatever music I wanted. And because nobody was awake on Sunday morning at that time, (laughs) um, I totally got to play all my favorite bands from the eighties. It's like he went from Christian music to the devil's music. That's exactly right. Last half hour. Come on, you you weren't just throwing on another striper record. <laughs> I was not. I was like putting on like the cult and Susie and the Banshees and the Cure at oh, seven thirty in the morning on Sunday. That's one hundred and eighty degrees. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I was, but I love. I'm it. loving this. Yeah, man. What a rebel! <laughs> That's what it is, man. LJ, baby, the rebel of the Carolinas. Thank you. I love I'll tell it. you one thing I find that's uh, really important about Star uh, Star Lord in there yeah. is that particular sitting is really grim, really gritty. Uh, a lot of terrible things happen, but Star Lord gives you those moments of decompression, and yeah. not just the character's actor, but of course the music. And it it gives you a chance to lighten the mood, especially when he starts DJing and things like that. And you're like, oh, okay, I, we can catch our breath before the next terrible thing happens. It's true, and I think you know. The thing about Marvel, and I I may get myself in trouble here, but I feel like the difference between Marvel comics and DC comics Mm -hmm. is that Marvel has a sense of humor. They have Mm. these characters that are funny. And, like, the thing is funny. Um, You know, like, uh, they're they're always sort of, they've always got this kind of wisecracking attitude that's part of their entire presentation. And there's something about that that, 
is that's the sort of Marvel recipe, I guess, that it is like intense action, but also moments of really funny humor, you know, like um, sort of like sarcasm, things like that, that uh, you wouldn't think superheroes would do. But it, you're, as you say, it's uh, it's a perfect release. It's sort of like gives you a chance to decompress before the next big battle happens. I mean, honestly, that's what always made Spider-Man my favorite character is because he would not just beat you up, but he'd be talking smack on you the whole time. He was <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> Your friendly Lindsay, neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah. I want to ask, Lindsay, so when yeah. you get the script, like how much time do you have to actually, you know, read through the script to understand where you're going to go directionally with it? So it depends based on the project. Um, sometimes I get them way in advance with Marvel. I got them a pretty, really pretty good time in advance. Usually I think it was about like, I think I got it about two or three months before the stuff okay. got to me because the thing is, is that when you're creating, um, a podcast, well, like an audio drama, the, the process is they write the script, then they record the actors, then the actors go to a dialogue edit right? Where basically they take all of the recorded dialogue and they cut it up and make the story out of it. Mm -hmm. Then that goes to sound design and they put the initial sounds on there. And then that comes to me and I create the music that's around it. So like the scripts are finished way in advance because I'm basically the last stop before it's done. Oh, um, okay. So that's an interesting sort of part of the thing is that I'm, and what's happening in, in the way Wastelanders operated was I would get sent the dialogue at it and that would give me ideas for the music. And then I would get sent the first pass of sound effects. And then from that point on, I'm doing first pass of music. They're doing second pass of sound effects. I'm doing second pass of music. They're doing third pass of sound effects. I'm doing third pass of music. And then in theory, it's all set by that point. Yeah, because you really need to be the last stop because like yeah. uh, what you do, is going to be determined uh, by what everybody else is doing, by by the vote, the actor's presentation and the sound cues that are going on as well. Yeah, I mean, essentially, the thing about music, right, it, is in addition to music having to connect to the performances and connect to the story, music is a thing that it's a fixed length. In other words, it still needs to sound like music. If I just mm -hmm. am putting in a various musical accents with no kind of correlation of time and space it's going to sound weird so yeah. it has to it has to sound like a song but that song has to be perfectly timed to land at all of the right moments where it needs to do the things it does and so that's where my experience in film scoring really becomes um incredibly mm -hmm. helpful because mm -hmm. when you're watching a film you're basically um you're the the, one of the first steps of scoring for film is you're creating something called hit points, which are like, okay, what are the moments I want to accent with the right. music with when the, when the edit shifts or when something on screen happens, a big action or something that you want to accentuate. So you essentially create the hit points first and then write the music as so that it fits to those hit points. And so that's, what you're doing with audio drama is you've got these sound effects and these dialogue and this dialogue, and you're trying to write music that will land as those things land at the same time. And this will also create cohesion. Cause I'll tell you, like when you get a piece of music, that's inappropriately like, like a, a big thing in Hollywood is to take like, Oh, what's the popular music and slap it in. It doesn't, 
fit the scene at all. It takes you right out. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. And 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 that's yeah. the thing is people don't really understand how important music is until it's wrong. And then they yeah. know right away. Yeah. Um, yep. Of course, so they never appreciate it when it's good. But man, when it's bad, they start yeah. hitting it, right? <laughs> when it's bad, they know right away. I mean, that's the thing is you always know. And uh, so it's one of those things where as a musician, as a composer and a musician, you're really trying to say to people like, hey, I know like this seems like a lot of work now, but trust me, you're going to yeah. be happy at the end of this if we take yeah. the time to make this work. I always say I find it funny when I, I see a film and if it's a black person, they put hip hop immediately. If it's a Spanish person, you hear some salsa in the background like that. Listen, if you look at me, if you see my so library, you'd, you'd be surprised <laughs> what's on my library then. I, right. I I could go from Beethoven to Bachata to some hip hop to some heavy metal to some goth. Yes. Give it to me, baby. I, I love right. it all. Don't that's awesome. Me. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. So you gotta like. That's the thing is, is you gotta. If I was gonna score you, Al, I'd have to really like be like, okay, I can't just look at Al and make one decision about how he looks. I gotta know more about what how Al thinks and how give Al Give me some hip-hop heavy metal. I would love that. Right. Give me some M.O.P., some Wu-Tang. You give me some Rage Against the Machine, some Metallica. Give me, give me all that good stuff. You know what I mean? I'm on it. I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing it next week. <laughs> Since we're coming close to our time, I want to talk about some uh, projects that are outside yeah, of the ahead, Wastelanders. Uh, one thing in particular... We've got this dinosaur discovery, which sounds really, really cool, and it reminds me oh, of yeah, the right. uh, the ride at Universal, like where like yeah. Spider Man jumps out of the screen and like lands on your little flying car sort of thing. Uh, tell is, us something about that. It's so cool. Okay, so this thing, I'm not quite sure when it's opening. They're working on creating it right now in Houston, mm -hmm. um, but the hope is is that it's going to be at the Natural Sciences Museum of Houston, and then it's going to go to different museums around the country. But essentially, if you guys remember a few years ago at the Super Bowl when Tupac, the hologram of Tupac appeared oh, yes. at the yeah. Super Bowl. So it's that same technology that made Tupac appear, is except that they're going to put dinosaurs. And that so the idea cool. is you're watching, you know, you're watching a film and you see dinosaurs. And then all of a sudden with holograms, they basically come right off the screen into the house. <laughs> because they're using holograms that's amazing uh, so it's like it is like an epic sort of jurassic park like movie but cool. it's beyond 3d it's like 4d it, it's like they're coming awesome. they're all off the screen it's super super cool yeah, that, that alien technology is they're coming already apparently. yeah that's right it's coming did you uh <laughs> did you create any of the sound for that as well as the music for it I just did the music. I didn't deal with the sound on that, but um, but the I was, sound I was curious awesome. to see how like you were gonna like. What, what's your take on dinosaur sounds? How's your approach? Because I know the Jurassic Park approach. <laughs> well, yeah, right. And that's the thing is like, it's interesting how I had to go back to the sound designer and be like, "You're gonna do the sound of really heavy footsteps here, right? Because I'm gonna mm -hmm. make this music of this big epic thing coming, and so it only works if what you're gonna do and what I'm gonna do is gonna fit together." Mm -hmm. um, but I had a great relationship with everybody on that, and it worked out really well. So I'm I'm super jacked for that thing to come out. I can't wait to see it. And you've also done a lot of amazing work with uh, Shakespeare, even for the Royal Academy. It's true. Yeah, I've now done 36 out of 37 William Shakespeare plays. I just finished my 36th one um, this past week, Winter's Tale. 
and I have one Shakespeare play left to do. So I'm hoping to do that in the next few years. It's the two, it's two gentlemen of Verona. So if anybody out there is doing a production, two gentlemen of Verona and you need music and sound design, call me, go to my website and find oh, me. Oh, right there. That, that website right there. Lindsayjones.com folks right there. That's it. Be right, like so Blondie. Yeah. Call me. Yeah, you know, I don't want to take too much more for your time, Lindsay. You know, so this is what I want to do, folks. You got to first support people like this, you know what I mean? Because again, I dare you watch a movie with no music, I promise you will be bored to death. <laughs> <laughs> so, appreciate uh, my, my man, like, uh, like Lindsay, that are doing amazing, that does amazing work like that, that keeps us thoroughly engaged with all our. I would like to ask one more question, if I may. Oh, you really? You got one? Go ahead. Yeah. I'm going to keep pimping. You got Lindsay. Yeah, one more thing, because this, this is another yeah. thing I'm interested in. I'd like Lindsay to pimp as well. Uh, the Imagine Neighborhood. Oh, yeah. So that's Ooh, a weekly. That? So that is a weekly podcast. It is for elementary school age children. Um, it's an audio oh, nice. drama where um, you can learn about feelings and emotions through these crazy stories that happen. And I provide the music and sound design for that every week. Um, so if you've got young kids in your life, um, I highly recommend it. It's usually about 20 minutes long, but it's so funny and so much fun. And it's designed to help kids better understand who they are and how they feel about things. And I think it's a really, really awesome show. Oh, that is cool. What, what, yeah. what inspired that, man? So that is actually a show that is run by a friend of mine, Scotty Iseri, who uh, is... Shout out, um, Scotty. Yeah, he's amazing. So he developed the show with the Committee for Children back in 2020. And um, it's actually, that was sort of like the first podcast series I started working on. Um, and it has been such a great ride working with them. The show is so hilarious. And every week I get to do crazy sound effects and um, crazy music. You know, these they, they do lots of stories with robots and superheroes and all sorts of stuff like they pull out all the stops, and it is hilarious. You kind of get but to also, get your Looney Tunes on. <laughs> totally. Awesome. It is amazing. But if you've got a young kid Yay. in your life, somebody who's like 5 to 10, it, it, it is an awesome show for kids. There we heard, you heard it there, folks. You heard it there, folks. And you can probably keep up to date on all that goodness. Uh, you know, on all the socials right there, Mr. Lindsey Jones. And, of course, come find Facebook me. then. There's Lindsey Jones Music and Sound. On Facebook or, or 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 Meta, whatever you want to call it nowadays, it's confused as to what it wants to be called. Apparently, totally. <laughs> but thank you so much, Lindsay. I appreciate your yes. time. From 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 uh, as a, as a fan to a creator, I want to say thank you so much for your contributions and everything that you do for sharing your talent and your skill for keeping us entertained and engaged in the things that you create. So you know. God bless you on your journey, man. I appreciate the hell out of it, man. I can't wait to see what else we got coming from the Jones verse of sound. Thank you. It's Thank you so amazing. much. Thank you All both right. so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's so great to talk to you guys, and, uh, and yeah. I really appreciate the opportunity. Oh, my pleasure. Well, big shout out to Chris right there. That's Chris Crash. That's my baby bro right there, Chris Crash. Right. He's he, he a sneaker whiz, toy whiz. Chris Crash podcast coming soon once again, or it better be, all right? So with that, <laughs> Jeff, thank you again. Uh, Lindsay, rock out. Everybody, oh, I'm sharing the links below. Uh, and Lindsay, please send me the link about that, uh, the kids show. I definitely want yeah. to share that as well with the community because awesome. I know 
all of us geeks want to have that moment where, hey, watch this while we read our comics. You know, we need that moment of mm. peace. Hey, watch this. So if it's that good, <laughs> thank you for doing us a service, if you will. Keep them kids quiet while we read. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I love Amazing. it. Amazing. Uh, Excellent. Blessed, brother. You know what it is. Praise to you, Rock. My people, you know what it is. Check out the Comic Crusaders, Undercover Caves. My man, Bracey, over here on uh, Cinema Crusaders, Sloppy Spoilers. And what's that project that's out now on Indiegogo? Oh, well. What is that? What is that, Bracey? It is Blood World. Wepa, look at that. Our oh, sci-fi, wow. our 80-page sci-fi anthology. You can get the digital edition for just $10. And plus a number of digital comics that have been uh, added by other indie creators as well for just $13. So you can get a lot of stuff for a very low amount of money and it's great uh, uh, high concept sci-fi. And there you go. Support independent creators of all levels, mi gente. Hasta la próxima. Much love, man. It was another Comic Crusaders podcast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 